Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Oh, look at my front butt. everyone. Thanks for having me on, Stephen. Yeah, but Carl don't have the deep Blu-ray. How can he keep up? The 80s, I don't know why, well, I do know why, was the most accessible decade when it comes to the genre films and things like that, because the studios are dumbasses. Yeah, you and you also HBO. had a long... Yeah. When was HBO's first really wide rollout? Wasn't it 1980? It was like 79 or 80. Yeah. It was like 70s, early 80s. Now, now of course, where I was, we we already had HBO and uh, the movie channel, TMC. Yeah, that's uh, test markets, but And guess what? Yeah. The studios were like, fuck you, HBO. You want to see my motherfucking shit, you got to come to the movie theater. And they were like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the guys who did all the drive-in stuff, the Roger Cormans and people like that, were like, what's wrong, baby? I need (laughs) Hey. Boom. We got you. Yeah, we got you back. And sadly... The studio didn't learn, because once VHS rentals really started, guess what? The same goddamn story. (laughs) And again, they were waiting in there. And the father of this is Charles Band, because he was the first one to really start with Mita 
home entertainment, really putting out the exploitation stuff on VHS. And he was cleaning up. Oh, yeah. And now we're going to start. I'm pushing play right now, so if you want to sync up, just get to the menu and push play when I say go. Okay, go. But like oh, there I must said, be a Charles title Band sequence. Was the father. He was the first one to put out Mita on Entertainment. They put out Halloween, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know. And this is a big cliche in trailer compilations, which I don't understand. They put the previews of trailers coming attractions at the first of it. And then the noise mm-hmm. shit out of me because it's a cliche. But here we are at the first, and this was a great. What did you think of Alligator, our first tra- teens trailer, when you seen it? Well, A, it's Robert fucking Forster, who I loved anyway. Yeah. B, I mean, know, it's a great how's trailer. My hair? How's my hair, like, Stephen? Okay. How's my hair? Huh? Yeah. Does it look good? Oh, huh? oh yeah. Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> But, yeah, it just shows them walking down the sewer corridor and describing the alligator. This, I am glad that this has become the cult classic that it is nowadays. Because people forget, this was a big goddamn hit. And it was the first film of the exploitation genre to make a big buck eight on TV because ABC paid $10,000 for the rights to four showings to this movie. Yep. And now we're moving on to the second one. We got a green band, which means wussy. And this is another one. The only time was like, I am Paddy Chayefsky. I will fucking, you cannot change the word of my script. So Warner did. Brothers unintentionally entirely the only guy that says I can't change anything. Okay, fuck you, altered state. <laughs> For my generation, not yours, Carl. Altered states was the intro, our intro to Ken Russell. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And then 100%. we were like, you mean he's made more shit? And it's more fucked up than other states? <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Yeah. No, seriously. Wasn't there an R-rated uh, cut of altered states? Because I can remember seeing a poster for a PG-rated cut. Oh, there is. There is. There is. Absolutely. Uh, I know. But the, I can tell you. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. So... I had kids come in. I had the store at the time. And they saw it in the theater and like, that was really weird. I said, oh, let me explain something to you. So at that point, the BHS was around. And and so we, I got them to see Listomania. Uh, I, got, I got them to see an, uh, a number of stuff by, by him. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, I introduced a lot of kids. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And HBO played the hell out of this too. Altered State. And again, oh, we're so moving nice. on. This so far, this is like we love you, Carl Caper. Oh God, yes. no. Be glad you're not watching this with me. <laughs> it's the trailer I know what for you're the watching. Awakening. Yeah, which is very funny because when you watch the movie, all you want to do is fucking sleep. It's the most boring film. I mean, the trailer makes it look decent. But everything exciting they show you in the trailer is about as long as the fucking trailer. (laughs) Yeah. And this is like the third time this story. I mean, Hammer did this twice, didn't they? His blood from the mummy's tomb and... Uh... Yeah. And, and who I'm not mistaken, the original this is... story? Ron Stoker, The Cross of the Seven yeah. Jewels. And I have yet to see a version of this story that has the goddamn Cross of the Seven Jewels in it. And, and by the way, this is the one with Charl- Charlton Heston, right? Yeah, Charlton Heston and Stephanie Beecham in cornrows. Yeah. It's, why is it now the good films we watch? 30-second trailer. The bad films. The first long fucking trailer. Well, it's like, they know it's like, yeah, our shit's good. You don't like it. But the bad ones, yeah, yeah, we, uh, yeah, yeah, we got to keep showing more. We got to make sure they get in there, cause we know our stuff's shit. <laughs> and I think they just showed the ending to the fucking movie. Yeah, I'm not not a fan of the Awakening. I can tell you that. There is no such thing as a fan of the Awakening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unless you're a Mike Newell fan. I do like Mike Newell, but this was not one of his good ones. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait until oh, you, God, we talk no. about the next one. Oh, the yes, Stephen. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's Blood Beach. Uh, what was the tag? Uh, when it's okay to go back in the water, you can't get there. <laughs> Oh, they're showing the scene in the trailer where the girl fucks the sand. <laughs> I love this I swear movie. to God, that's it's what so it funny. looks like. She's humping that yeah, out of that sand. <laughs> and I, I love this movie. Destroyed the Jerry Gross. You know what's erotic? Guess what come after Blood... Guess what is after Blood Beach's trailer? I know the what's up after Man. Blood Beach. And why oh, is that ironic? I don't know because why is that ironic. It's the money that Jerry Gross made off the boogeyman was the reason he was able to make Blood Beach. Aha. Uh-huh. Did you see Blood Beach, before, I mean, the boogeyman before or after you had seen its trailer? Uh, before I saw the trailer. Oh, God damn. I saw so the boogeyman on HBO. Slasher film because that's how the posters looked. But man, the Boogeyman is a great little film. Uli Lamel, uh, uh, just uh, just a wonderful film. Susanna Love too, who I also have to make a 
a point of mentioning her other major film, which is called Haunts. But this yeah. is a great little film. And if you have not seen The Boogeyman, you need to see it. Period. Yeah. And it's not a slasher film. It's more of a possession film. But it has some of the goofiest murders ever, which makes it fun. Oh, yeah. It's about a possessed mirror. A possessed mirror. Mm-hmm. But then Uwe Lomel says, I can work with that. Yeah, we'll make it a little weird. <laughs> and it's weird. If it so wasn't weird, I love it wouldn't it. work. Yeah, I love this I mean, they could have just this made this your standard-ass slasher or standard-ass exorcist rip-off. And he's like, no, I'm going to make something fucking weirder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the boogeyman made him money, then he lost it all with Blood Beach. And speaking of, our our second favorite haunted house movie of all time, the trailer for that has just popped up. I know. And we've actually done a watch of this, too. Yeah. And this is... This is the Changeling, which I, which to me is my favorite. It's my number one ghost story. And I ain't gonna fight you next. It is that damn good. Oh, it's this movie is two hundred percent mood. Yeah, and and about an extra fifty percent George C. Scott. Yeah, but if it wasn't for him, it wouldn't been mood. You know. No. And it has red rubber balls in it. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I don't want to hear about the red rubber ball. <laughs> yeah. But not only is no, this seriously. a good horror film, it's a great, the one of the best ghost stories ever. And not only is it a great ghost story, it's one hell of a fucking mystery movie. Yeah. Now, and, and i got to say, the red rubber ball, if anyone has seen that movie or when you watch it, Okay, the red rubber ball plays a major part. And let me tell you something. To this day, until hold on, Steve, until this day, until the day I die, I will never, ever have a red rubber ball in my house, ever. It's not going to happen. They just showed the scene from the TV cut where she says, oh, shit, but they overdub it with screaming. Yeah. Who is the director of this one? I forget right now. Peter Medak. Anything Peter Medak does, you need to give it a chance at least. Oh, absolutely. Because he's some great films. Negatives of the craze. Uh, let the right one in. Yeah. Uh, uh, a day in the no, death of Joe Ed. Yeah, let him, let him have it. Here's one, if you guys haven't seen it, be very glad. George Kennedy in Death Boat. Or Death Ship. Is that the Death one with Ship. the cat? No, this is the one where with Richard Crenna where the movie, oh. here's the whole movie in five minutes. Boat gets trashed. They end up in Thlingy. They end up in Nazi Boat. Nazi ghosts fuck them up. 
Now you've seen the whole fucking movie. <laughs> okay, I remember that. Okay, it's the Nazi one. Uh, yeah. George Kennedy Not was also one. in the boat one with the cat, with 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 the possessed cat. The uninvited. That one's funky. This one is just shit. Ooh, a red band. That means I get to see nudity or some naughty bits or something. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, oh, titties. one of my favorite performances of all time. A performance so goddamn good that when Michael Rooker did Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer and Heath Ledger did the Joker in the Dark Knight, what what performance did they watch? Nicholas the one in this movie. Don't answer the phone. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Everything, every scene in this movie that doesn't have Nicholas Worth in it sucks. Two tons of ass. <laughs> but when Nicholas We're Worth sure is on the screen, holy shit. Yeah. I've even showed Carl scene of Nicholas Worth out here. Don't you agree that he is really that damn good in this? Yeah, he is. He is. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll agree to that one in, in a heartbeat. Yeah, where he's cursing, fighting with his dad, putting around the grave, smacking his chest. Am I hard enough for you, Dad? Am I bad enough for you? Yep. This is another one of the infamous don't films. This was originally called The Hillside Strangler until something changed, that something happened that caused him to have to change the title. Do you remember what it was? No. It came out that there were two of them. They're like, shit, shit, shit. <laughs> you know? Yep. What is this? Oh, oh my God! This is such a sleazy fucking masterpiece. You, every, if you like sleazy films that'll make you feel uncomfortable, make you want to watch, you need to see. Don't go in the house. This is yep. a great movie, but it's so sleazy and uncomfortable to watch that. I'm amazed that the motherfucker expect the director expected it to make money. Mm-hmm. Have you seen well, it? Don't understand. go into the house. You know, it was Carl? done for nothing. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. And it was so and it's the performance of the lead guy. Hell, don't go into the house will be a perfect double feature with Joe Spinell's Maniac. Yes. I would agree with that. He is that damn good in this movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make the film easier to watch. No. Hell, I watched Maniac, I think it was last year, with a full fucking audience of under 30s. Oh, it still has that power to make them uncomfortable. And so does um, Don't Go Into the House. That film is just... <laughs> and there was a controversy because Maniac and Don't Go Into the House pretty much have the same ending. Yeah. What they just fucking ruined in the trailer. Good going, guys. 
fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Steven is in the house, people. <laughs> oh, and speaking of movies that I love Brian De Palma. I fucking love his work. But not dressed to kill. Imagine this if I made a slasher movie where Carl was the killer, but I spent 20 minutes showing Carl make breakfast. And then he stepped well, out you know, and get hit by a might, car. Might, yeah, and but someone might, might have... But, Stephen, someone might want them to cook for me or, or me to cook for them if they yeah. see me making breakfast. I mean, I make some really good breakfast. That's just how saying. much this movie drags. <laughs> it needs some judicious editing. Oh, and here's our spirit animal. If you are a horror geek and you love film with your heart and you haven't seen Fade to Black, you need to. Oh, without a doubt. This film hits too Without, close to home for us, doesn't it, Carl? Yeah, I, I, this, this is a film directed by Vernon Zimmerman, and I don't know him from Adam, but this one is just—it's it, it, so many film references, basically about a film geek who goes nuts and kills people, but he does so with such panache that hey, I'm okay with it. Yeah, but. This is us as film geeks. You know, our entire world is movies. We can't, sometimes we can't even hold a conversation. You more with music. No. You know. Oh, yeah. And Dennis Christopher just fucking knocks it out of the park. In any just world, he would have got at least nominated for a fucking Oscar for this performance. And, and listen, i got to say something else. Tim Tamerson matches him pretty much beat for beat. Tamerson's really good in this, too. We love Tim Tamerson. Yeah, but Tamerson isn't portrayed much in the trailer. Mickey Rourke is. Yeah. But Tamer, Tamerson. The best scenes in the whole fucking movie where he turns and half of his face has a Dracula makeup on and half normal. Yep. This is a very long fucking trailer. You would think that this is some kind of horror film. But it's not. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. (laughs) It's psychological horror. Yeah, it's a horror film like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is. It's 90% drama in this. And 5% horror. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people that wouldn't watch this movie because of the trailer. And then they watched it. And the real film geeks are like, hey, I'm that guy. I don't like this. Yeah. And that yeah, has to be a That's part of point. it too, doesn't it? Yep. That is part of it. And what does the term fade to black mean, Carl? 
Uh, that means basically at the end of the scene, the camera goes black and the screen goes black. Yeah, at the end of the movie, you fade to black. Oh, and here's yeah. one half of a great fucking movie. The Fall. Yep, I agree. We love it, but the first half of the fog is all set up, and it's so fucking good, so fucking creepy. John Hausman, uh, Adrian Barbeau, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, Fuck you, Tom Atkins. Yeah, that's what I can remember, Tom Atkins. And then after all of this fucking 40 minutes of great setup, yeah. And even uh, Carpenter has said that. Yeah. And that was a T. Te- uh oh. The film oh. genre of the 80s. I mean, the film series of the 80s. I know. And we were talking about this in a different way, because Friday the 13th as a series really goes more into the urban legend genre. And I consider it a little bit of folklore, too, you know. Well, campfire tales. Did you hear the story about the little boy who was killed 20 years ago? They say he really wasn't dead. And he's still here, you know. Yeah. These yeah. are my cheese. This is my cheeseburger franchise. Uh-huh. Not well, exactly can, yeah. high art, but when you want to do a cheeseburger, what? It certainly is not high art. It's not even close. By the way, folks, I'm not a fan. Just letting everyone know, I'm not a fan. Well, I'm a fan of it up to a point. I'm not a fan at all. (laughs) Well, this will probably be, even even if you like slasher films, this probably will be too generic for you, you know. Mm -hmm. But there's only one problem with going back to the first film. Okay. After you see, it's like going back to early Casabetti's after seeing all the guys who have copied to him. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know beforehand, you would say, oh, this motherfucker just copying all these guys. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Betsy Palmer just kicks ass in this. But it's not kind of hard to figure out she's a killer because... By the time that she shows up, there's only like one other character left in the movie, and you have to pick any, meeny, miny, mo. Mhm. Agreed. And plus, they made the, uh, Paramount made these for ten cents, and they were always very, very profitable. Which I always never understand about studios. They get a good cheeseburger series going. And then they get embarrassed of it. Oh, God. Here's the Grim Reaper with Issa Farrow, made by the great Joe D'Amato. And you're missing the only really great scene in the whole movie and trailer, 
which was, you know how they have the cat scares in the movie? Yeah. In this one, a kitten jumps down and scares the crap out of him, but when it does, it lands on a piano and walks across it and goes, do 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 <laughs> the music. <laughs> oh, uh, this is one of those calls that became legendary because we got a cut version, and we heard all these stories. Oh, my God, they show him rip out a fetus, blah, 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 blah. And then you get to see the real effects. Yeah. Remember what we call yeah. them unseen classics? Yeah. Movies that are only classic and legendary because they ain't been, haven't been seen. By the way, the other thing, too, is let's just make a mention that Tisa Farrow is Mia's untalented sister who cannot act. Let's, hey, I just want to make it. Uh, Mia Farrow um, was the crazy one, and Tisa was the one that did B movies. Mhm. Yep. And they used a different stroke font for the movie, so who knows? Oh, speaking of generic ones. I would like to say to the one actor who debuted in this movie, fuck you for making a movie about Mr. Rogers and having the goddamn plot being a reporter sets out to expose Mr. Rogers as a fake. (laughs) Yes, that's the fucking plot of the Mr. Rogers movie, Carl. Yep. Yes, and this is... He knows you're alone, Tom Hanks' first movie. And if you want to talk about a generic slasher, Carl, watch He Knows You're Alone. It is so generic. I mean, Mm -hmm. it just has all of the beats you expect, you know. It's like, okay, she locks the door but stands next to the window. So the killer's going to jump out. Yep. I don't know if they don't have it, but there was only one real slasher in 1980 that didn't do the dance of the generic slasher. And it went, if it comes up, well, I'll mention it. If not, we'll mention it anyway. Okay. Once I say what it is, you'll understand. What is the hell? The barrier between life and death. Oh, the hearse, the one with Trish Van Deer. With that Uh motherfucker in the creepy sunglasses. Yes. The only good thing in the movie. Seriously. It's it's one of those movies you watch it to see what the fuck is going on. And then the first thing you say after the film fades out is... What, what the, fuck, the was that? fuck is going on? <laughs> it's a confusing mess of a movie. I mean, really. I've seen it maybe twice because I got it on box set, and I still don't know what's going on in the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And uh, this is the only movie where Trish Van Deer got a role. That wasn't because George C. Scott acted. 
or directed the movie. Right. But this has Joseph Potts in it. Slummy. She actually did a couple others that that he didn't get her, but not many. (laughs) Trust me, not many. This is your standard generic 70s haunted house movie. Not that generic because you don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, but you know, I'm talking about the beat. Haunted house, cars, witchcraft, Mm -hmm. Satanism. It even has a fucking preach, a pastor trying to exercise the house. Yep. Yep. No. But the hearse itself is cool as shit. Well, the driver is great. The no, I'm just talking about the, the car. Oh, the car's cool too. I'll give you that. Yeah, the car. Not the as good as the hearse. Not as good as the hearse and, and uh, Harold and Maude, but nonetheless, pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Harold and Maude's pimp style. Yeah. I want that hearse. I want that Jaguar hearse. But, oh, and uh, here's a movie that Siskel and Ebert, in their Violence Against Women special, called... A misogynistic slasher that ha- does nothing but rape women for 90 minutes. Yep, and it's not and the guess entity. Guess what movie uh, it is? Yeah, I, I, I do. I okay. Are we at? Uh, we're the at the howling. howling are we? No, they're so wrong. I remember I you showed that to me. Like, did they even watch the fucking movie? No, the only thing was out at that time when they did the episode was the fucking poster. Yeah. And why the fuck did Joe Dante, one of the best fucking trailer cutters ever, show the goddamn ending? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But you know what? I love that movie. The Howling is just a great film. And and I know when you talk about the the big two, which would be that and American yeah. Werewolf in London, I prefer the Howling ten times over. Oh no! To American worry. Werewolf. Remember we did the poll, and it turns out more people like the American Werewolf, which I don't understand. <laughs> I don't either. Oh, and speaking because... of, this is one of those movies when I first got this blue I'm like. What the fuck is this doing on a fucking horror trailer DVD? And this is human experiment. I don't even know this, so you got to tell me about it. Yeah, you do. It's the one where the girl accidentally kills somebody and goes to a prison, and it has Joffrey Rush as a sadistic warden who dumps the bugs and all sorts of shit on her. No, I don't know this. Just don't know it at all. Joffrey Rush as a perverted warden who gets his rocks off on mentally torturing the inmates. Okay, so this is more of a, a uh, grindhouse. This sounds more like a grindhouse. This is a woman house. in prison movie. But still, okay, this Joffrey, Rush, Jeffrey Rush as the fucking okay. crazy warden character. Yeah, I don't know it. Don't know it. I'll have to check this, it out. 
If it's a but WIP, like I, said, I need. Imagine that, that Jeffrey Bruh, you know, Lewis. Yeah. Jeffrey Lewis as the sleazy warden. I could see right, Jeffrey now Lewis. Right yeah, were... cockroaches dumped all over, and they actually right. dumped real cockroaches on her. Lovely. And real snakes too. There's no. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, it's your basic drive-in sleeve fodder fair. If you like it, it's one of the better ones. If just for Jeffrey Rush as the evil warden character. Jeffrey Lewis, Jeffrey Lewis, please. Jeffrey Lewis. Shit, I like... Well, no, fuck it. I'd like to see Jeffrey Rush as a perverted warden torturing them in one of those type films. Well, you shit. see, I don't know the movie, so you're saying Jeffrey Rush all the time. I know, like, I know. Oh, God, Grasshoppers, too. I forgot they dumped Grasshoppers on her, too. And Tarantulas. Oh, and it looks like lovely. the Tarantulas put a poo on her back. <laughs> Human experiment. Cool. This was a HBO feature right when you was at your busiest at... Uh, Yep. New York okay. City. Okay, yeah. Yeah, this was some, one that I missed for sure. Oh, and speaking of, hey, Roger Corbin, let's hire a woman to make the rapiest goddamn monster movie ever. <laughs> and Barbara Pierce did it. God bless her. Actually, no, Roger Corman himself filmed uh, ra- the rapiest parts after Barbara Peters turned in her cut, which had less rape. <laughs> and she was pissed. Oh, I'm sure she was. And I'm yes, sure this she is was. a please epic right here. Now, now, this is weird, because I, I have an argument with a friend of mine. Who loves the entity. And that to me is like the rapiest thing I've ever seen. But for some oh, reason. Oh. Human, okay, hold on. But for some reason, humanoids from the deep doesn't bother me. Because it's a monster movie with rape. Mm-hmm. Entity is a rape movie with rape. Yeah. There's not, The ghosts don't do anything else besides fuck her, make her suck him. Sodomizer, have two midgets hold her legs and legs while he fucks her. Mm-hmm. I know. That's the whole movie. He... The ghost, he fuck her. <laughs> but humanoids in the deep is one is a classic fifties B movie monster movie with rape and boobies. It is. And and here is Dario Argento's sequel to Suspiria, which is Inferno. This is one of his oddest films, because guess who does the score for Inferno, Carl? <coughs> no idea. Keith Emerson. <laughs> oh, that's right. And who was the second unit director of this movie? That I don't know. Mario Bava. Oh, cool. Okay, now that's cool. Yeah. You wouldn't 
like it because it has one scene where a cat gets torn up by rats. No, I, I would have a problem with that. Yeah. It's not that bad. It's not that good, but it's not that bad. It has mm-hmm. one of the best things that Mario Bava ever came up with. Okay. Here. Well, tell us. I'm doing something here. Listen to the music. See if you can tell this is Keith Emerson. Okay. Really, how much Keith Emerson is that? I can't even hear it, Stephen. Well, I turned it off. He's like, dun, dun. It's from his uh, Merlin ice skating stage of his career, you know? <laughs> I've never heard it put that way, but I know exactly what you mean. I mean, it's weird. This is a film where Dario Argento broke up with Goblin for some reason. Because, like I said, how weird is it at this period? You're like, Dario Argento, who would, yeah, who would you automatically think did the music? Yeah, Goblin. Goblin. And then all of a sudden, Inferno with Keith Emerson. And you can't get much more arty prog rock than that era as a musician who doesn't do any, well, a composer than Keith Emerson. No, yes, you can. Rick Wakeman. Rick Wakeman. Well, well, he's coming up, too. Don't worry. Rick Wakeman did more horror soundtracks than he did. The 80s were pretty much Rick Wakeman, uh, Tangerine Dream. Yep. <laughs> oh God, close up those cat's mouths. But yeah, Mario Bava. This was his tribute to Mario Bava because it's got all the Bava colors and all that. And he even hired Mario Bava just because he wanted to work with Mario Bava. I mean, that's cool. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, God, no. Speaking of films mm-hmm. that are horror films, Peter Benchley's The Island. Oh, good God. Horrible book. Horrible movie. Michael Caine bought, what, a car with this one, I think. No, even he is embarrassed by this one. Because you would watch it and you're <laughs> thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be a monster movie. This is going to be a... This is a goddamn pirate movie. What the fuck? (laughs) There's only one person who really comes off great in the island. Okay. David Warner. (coughs) Well, it's fucking David Warner. Yeah. Otherwise, this movie is shit. Besides the scene where his son gets to screw the... Woman with the big boobies just because of the look on his face. Yeah. I 
would rather see a pirate movie with David Warner as a lead pirate than this shit. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Why did Michael Caine learn to stay away from anything associated with Peter Benchley after this? I don't know. No house is worth. <laughs> oh, there's Joss Four. There's the yeah. Swarm. I mean, they sold it as a horror film when they should have sold it as an action film. Mm-hmm. Agreed. The most terrifying thing in the water is the island, but it's a Michael Ritchie film. Mm-hmm. I know. Don't, 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 don't get me started. Oh, and speaking of, we are at the sick old classic of 1980, and we've already there, and that is Joe Spinell is Maniac. If you watch Maniac for a sleazy gore film, yeah, you'll get what you wanted, but you'll be disappointed in a way. Mm-hmm. Right, Carl? Well, you'll I won't say disappointed. You'll be kind of like questioning, you know, what was that? Because it's not just a sleazy horror movie. But if you watch not it to see Ghost and Nail, Bliss. We love Joe Spinell. And we love Maniac. It's great. Yeah. Though. This is another one that pisses me off because Spinell deserved, uh, I'm being blunt, an Academy Award nomination for this one. There was no way that was going to happen. Come on. I know, but don't you think he really deserved it? You know what he deserved it for? The writing, the script of that is fucking amazing. And, 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 and the character. Yeah. This is a serial killer who you feel sorry for. Yeah, and Seriously. the poster gave him a giant fucking hard-on. Yep. Oh, and here's one of your favorite slashers of all time. Yep, and can I say that it has the best end line of any movie in the 80s? Yeah. I used preservatives. preservatives. <laughs> yes, we are talking about the great Roy Calhoun. And Pat Ash and Motel Hell. If you go in and watch Motel Hell as a horror film, you will be confused as hell because this is one of the best black comedies ever. (laughs) It's beautiful. I love this movie. And you wouldn't think. Go ahead. And it has John Ratzenberger. As a drummer for the punk rock group Igor and the Terribles. I've been in the Terribles. And whose first uh, lead role in the movie is this? Uh, I'm trying to remember. The great Pat Ass. Well, yeah, I said Pat Ass was in it, yeah. Yeah. But still, you wouldn't think, after watching all of his work, that Rory Calhoun would be able to do comedy as good as it. They just showed uh, 
uh, John Ratzenberger. <laughs> oh, oh, Rory had a great run with this, and then uh, with the uh, Angel movies, Angel and the Benson uh, Angel. Oh, that's what. Hey. Oh, my my favorite part of this is not a line. <laughs> it's where the little kids are scared in the car. Right. And then Rory legit scares the shit out of them again. <laughs> hey, let me show you something. Ah, those little kids. Ah, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, and let's face it. There's a chainsaw fight to end all chainsaw fights. And it has one of the greatest titles ever, and I'm glad they didn't change that for the poster. They leave the what? burnout O on Motel yeah. Hell. Yep. <laughs> And Wolfman Jack is in it, too. Yes. It's a great film. It's a wonderful film. I love this movie. And here's a confusing film, because I love the black comedy in this. But in most ways, it's too goddamn dark for its own good, and that's Mother's Day. Is this the one with Darren McGavin? No, this is the one that Troma put out that Lloyd Kaufman's brother... Ah, okay. That had the two backwoods psychos, and this is one of the best parts. Fight over what's better, punk or disco. (laughs) Yeah, it has this great humor in it, but then it's dark as shit, too. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard for it to really gel together, even though it is a good film. Yeah, I just, you know what? For some reason, I've missed this one. The Mother's Day I know is the one with Darren McGavin, which I think comes out a couple That's years ago. Happy Mother's earlier. Day, love George. Yeah, okay. That's the one I know. You wouldn't like it because of how rapey and mean it was. It's a little bit too much for you. Okay. Yeah, but then again, I love poor Pretty Eddie, so, you know. What is, is the mother takes what she considers the best part of modern society and gives it to her sons. So they're fighting about punk, over disco, electric knife, and all sorts. (laughs) This was Troma's first big hit. Good. Oh, God, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What do we got? There's only two New Year's Eve horror films to ever come out of the slasher boom. <laughs> and one, I hope they show the trailer right, I forget. But now we're stuck with New Year's Evil. Oh, that's bad. You know why this movie is loved? Okay, I have no idea. I didn't know it because was loved. Because there's only I fucking two. New Year's Eve flashers. <laughs> I know. You know what it's like. Why are you eating that shit, Carl? You don't like it. Do you see anything else? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is good. a bad, bad movie. And just try to wrap your head around a logic about a killer. Killing someone 
in each of the time zones at midnight. Yeah, that makes no sense. I mean, just try to figure out the time logic of how the hell do you want to work this out? Where are you going to start with? Eastern time, standard time, Pacific time, Mountain Central? Help me travel from Knoxville to fucking Nashville. You've lost an hour. Yep. (coughs) A celebration of shit. Oh. You're so happy. Oh, and that you have to of watch it. Now, I, of course, movie. I don't have to watch it. Yeah. Nightmare, the movie that never ends. This movie had the balls and was sued because it advertised Tom Savini's effects above anything else in the movie, and he just did a couple of days' work on behind the scenes. Yep. It's not that bad of a psychological slasher with you get to see more inside the mind. But it's still gory trash during the last 20 or so minutes of it. This is pure grindhouse. Yeah, this one I don't know. This one I it's do not, not know. Bad thing. It's it The legend is more fun than the movie itself. Well, that's we were talking about unseen classics, yeah. Yeah. But it had legal troubles, like I said, because they advertised Tom Savini as one of the things. He's like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> Just think, only in the early yeah. 80s would the FX guys be so big that they well, could sell a fucking movie. Yeah. I'm not but he talking actor-wise like Lon Chaney Sr. I'm talking uh, Rob Bottin, uh Dick Smith, uh, Tom Savini. Yeah. Chris Wallace. Yep. They're just showing basically all the money shots from the movie. This is one of those money shots trailers. The trailer oh, that never ends. Don't you hate it when you wake up in your bed and there's a decapitated girl and you don't know how the fuck she got there, Carl? <laughs> exactly. I have a problem with that. But it did have uh, what Adolf Caesar narrating the trailer, so yay. <laughs> Yeah, we're okay oh, with wait, that. Never mind. I, we have just gotten to the most boring slasher ever, where nothing happens. I mean, nothing happens. Okay, and which Prom movie is that? Night. Prom night. Oh yeah. The movie where you could go take a shit, go buy a pizza in the middle of the movie, and you have, and you come back, and you haven't missed a goddamn thing. <laughs> Did you ever have the bad luck to see this? Oh, I've seen it. I don't think it's as bad as you say, but it's not good. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just 
slow-paced and boring. Nothing happened. I actually like the the, uh, sequel to it. Hello, Mary Lou. Oh, hello, Mary Lou. Prime Nut 2, that one's fucking great. Yeah. I got two and three to Mary Lou films because it's fucking rule. Yeah, I agree. But the first one, (laughs) it drags ass like a dog with uh, worms. Mm -hmm. There's so many shots of silent, empty corridors during the last part of this movie. Yep. But there's only one really great thing about Prom Night. Okay. The fat guy gets laid. Oh, that's always a good thing. (laughs) What's this? Oh, scared to death. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm trying to remember that. William Malone's, uh, you've seen Sinjinor, right? Right. This is the prequel to Sinjinor. William Malone's first film. It has the same cool-ass monster as in Sinjinor, but because it's a no-budget film... They couldn't do the effects to the point he did. Mm-hmm. But it's still a. William Malone never was big, but the motherfucker knew how to make monster movies, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And it has Austin Stoker in it. Well, then it's worth worth watching. Yeah, Austin, I mean, we love. You don't get to see the monster much, but God, when you do, it's great. It's a great. Mm-hmm. Good little monster film, which sadly still hasn't got out on DVDs or Blu-ray or streaming. Mm. Death. <laughs> Thank God it's only a movie. We say that about bad films, not good ones. Absolutely. Okay. One of the most best minimalist trailers ever. The Shining. I don't like the movie, but that trailer is fucking beautiful. Well, it's... You know, Cooper is a technician, so everything's the way he wants it, and, and you can't argue that. You can't argue that even if you don't like the movie. Uh, you could argue a lot of things about the film, but not that. And it is a good. But I'm just talking There's about no the question. trailer. I mean, he could have put in all the money shots of Jack going crazy and all that. But what does he show? He just shows the elevator scene, and you're sitting there like, "Is anything going to happen?" And then, boom! Blood starts washing out. This is the full cut of that scene, not the one they use in the movie. Right. So you get to see the camera get knocked over and a little bit of the reflection of the camera and all the furniture floating away, you know. Mm-hmm. He 
You should have yeah, made more good. fucking trailers for people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here's a movie where they scrapped an entire half of the film and shot it again, and that silent scream, which is oh, not that bad. Uh, uh, it's pretty generic to me. Sorry, well, it's generic to me. You can tell that it's two different films with two different directors and blah, blah, blah. But Barbara yeah. Steele is great in this movie. Well, Barbara Steele is Barbara Steele. It's the only real reason to watch it. Yeah, but if you watch any of the advertising, which I like, because they don't mention Barbara Steele's name. I know. Which is a good thing to me. Because that goes into, like, seven, too, right? Right. Where you're like, what the hell is he doing here when they show up all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. Ah. And I see what's coming next. I know what's coming next. You're going to love it. Yep. You know what someone asked me today? They said, What? Why did Siskel and Ebert say that Terra Train, was Terra Train a rape-filled movie like Siskel and Ebert said? Okay. There's no rape in Terra Train. You've seen it, right? No, there isn't. Oh, yeah. Terra Train is more Agatha Christie than your standard slasher. Yeah, it's it's like who done it or who's doing it actually. Yeah. And it's not that bad. And plus it has what's his name as the conductor. Uh he was uh, uh, the co star of John Wayne and the Cowboys. Oh, uh, oh, yes, 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 uh, Roscoe Lee Brown. Yeah, Roscoe Lee Brown. <laughs> yep. And the trailer nah, doesn't have good. his best line from the movie. Let's all get back on the train. But there's a killer here. I know that if I had my damn choice, I wouldn't get on the damn train. <laughs> Ben Johnson. <laughs> yes. Hey, another film using the fan. Oh. The Unseen. God, that one is so much fun. I got to remember something. Is this the one with Stephen first? Yeah. Oh, this and, is fun. And Carl. If you think about seeing this movie, what should you do? I don't know. Personally, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be staying overnight in that house. Okay. Well, don't. Yeah. This, if you watch Grindhouse, the real cut, the uncut version, don't. Uses a lot of Stephen First's character as the baby in it. Yeah. 
the blessed has one of my favorite lines ever. And I said to myself, what kind of low son of a bitch would be his sister half to death and rape her? And immediately I thought of you. <laughs> oh. It has laughing as the crazy dad, man. I love Sidney Lassen. And, and, and the other thing is Stephen First, who was later beer on Babylon 5, uh, uh, tried to downplay this movie a lot. Like, don't watch it. You know what? Until he found this out how much people loved his performance in it. And that, exactly. Exactly. And then, then he accepted it because people loved him in it. And it's yeah, a lot of fun. He's and Sidney Lassen. He's only in the movie for like two, three minutes. Yeah. And Sidney Lassick is just awesome. If you don't yeah. know Sidney Lassick, you need you need to check this guy out. I love Speaking Lassick. of true unseen classics, this okay. is the movie that most people accuse of ripping off the ripping off that Predator ripped off. Okay. And in a way I would say yes, but in a way I'd say no. Okay. You know, because this one takes place in the woods and during hunting season, and the alien comes down to hunt people with these like weird sucker frisbees. Oh, you're talking! Oh, you're talking about Graydon Clark and without warning. That's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I got you now. When you said that the the the, the sucker frisbees, I know exactly yeah. what you were talking about. And now we're at the other end of the spectrum. And I'll just say this and let you rant about why you don't like it. Mummy, okay. a naked English mummy, a naked Englishman stole my balloons. Well, let him have a fucking balloon and, and like let's get on with life. Really. Uh, I I don't know why there's so much love for American Werewolf in London. I think it's somewhat slightly amusing. But personally, Griffin Dunn is great. David Naughton is, is nondescript. Uh, I just well, don't Well, yeah, got shit to do. And you know what? The fucking trailer shows more of the fucking werewolf than the fucking movie. Yeah, I know. And, and, and the main you thing know, was about the transformation. You know, yeah. it was about the transformation of this one versus Wolfen. And let me tell you something. I'll take Wolfen. I mean, not Wolfen. Uh, the Howling. I'll take the, the Howling, Howling any yeah. day. I'll take the Howling any day. As, as far a movie, as... the Howling is better. And, and is let's it? face it. Let's not forget. We didn't talk about this. Uh, who's who's our main uh, werewolf in the Howling? My guy. You know who I'm talking about. Who? Robert Picardo. Oh, yeah. And speaking of one movies that are really great, this one blew Doc's head, Brant, mind when he seen it. He didn't even know that. Like, he knew Alligator. He knew Critters. And I'm like, oh, man, wait till you see the second film. Wait till you see the Boogans. And he's like, what? The Boogans is fucking good. It is. And it is. It is. It's a good film. 
the last gas of Sun Classic movies. And the theatrical and, and it's fun. It's a fun and movie. And the monsters are sales? Jesus. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the Boogans is definitely one of those that you would have a better chance to see it if you lived down south. But if you had HBO, you were set. Mm-hmm. Yep, I didn't see it until much later. Much, much later. Well, after it's HBO and uh, theatrical showings, the film pretty much fucking vanished until about 95, 96, when we finally got a VHS release. Mm-hmm. I, 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 saw it, I saw it in New what? York in like 83 or 84. Uh, yeah. Like as a third, third bill, you know, throw on movie to a double bill. So that's where I saw yeah. it. And you was like, wow, this is good. Oh, and speaking yeah. of Wick Wickerman, we're here at his first really big movie. The first Miramax film. And a boring piece of shit. Sorry, Burning yep. Man. This movie's fucking boring. Yeah, I mean, except for a couple of uh, Savini uh, wondrous work there. Oh, this the, has scene, nothing. the raft kill where he kills like five of them pretty much in under 30 seconds? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. but that's uh, about it. Yeah, and George Costanza is a fucking stud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no, man, just... Just get the fuck on. Just get the fuck on. What do you mean? Just get yeah, the fuck yeah. on. This was his first film, too, I think, Jason Alexander. Yeah. And Fisher yeah. Stevens. Yep. He was, Fisher Stevens was the one who got his fingers cut off. Right. But, yeah, Miramax, Harvey Weinstein started out by doing the burning. The Burning, yep. that would be a good title of a VD film, too, wouldn't it? What's wrong? Yeah, the Burning. Carl, both say fuck you from the bottom of our hearts. What? Friend of the show, oh, God, from Gary Sherman's 1981 classic. Guess we're in 81 now, Carl. Yes, I know. Ed and and that Murray. Was, yep. Wonderful film. Wonderful film. Jack Albert. God. Jack Albertson, yeah. Really, he's the best part of this fucking movie. And that's not saying anything about the rest of the movie. It's just that he's that good. And even James Franciscus is good. Yeah. It's a good film. I'm going to be right back. Yeah, I can remember when I was married, I rented it one Halloween from the library. And my wife said, what's this about? My ex-wife said, what's this about? And I didn't say shit. She's like, what's this movie about? I'm like, I ain't saying nothing. 
There, I'm back. I had to do something. I'm sorry. Yeah. And they ruined one of the best scenes of the fucking movie in the trailer. The scene oh, where cool. Jack Albertson is sleeping inside one of the corpse. <laughs> and what movie was this the follow-up for for a writer? That I'm not sure of, Stephen. Dan O'Banion. Oh, Dan O'Banion, that's right. Yeah. We love you, Gary. We love your work. We certainly do. Oh, God. You're going Uh-oh. to handle this because it takes place in eastern Pennsylvania. Okay, what Deadly are we dealing blessing. with here? Uh, what if Wes Craven's uh, misfires? Just leave it at that. Do you know why Wes Craven don't want to talk about this movie? No. Would you yeah, want to yeah, talk it, about... What? Not particularly, but... But what I will say is it's uh, uh, Ernest Borgnine as the head of an Amish uh, community. Mennonite. Uh, Mennonite, okay. Oh, okay, Mennonite Amish. You know, whatever. Uh, yeah. And, and not not convincing at all. Yeah. The, this movie is miscast. Uh, the script is not good. This is one of Wes's worst movies, I hate to say. And... Yeah. and, and um, yeah, don't don't uh, uh, confuse this with Deadly Friend, which is a good movie, and also Wes Craven. This is Deadly Blessing. Deadly Blessing is the film where Sharon Stone stole Wes Craven's wife from him. Yep. That's why, before a certain scene, Sharon Stone said, "Don't put no spider on me. Don't put no spider on me." But Sharon didn't know that Wes knew that she was fucking his wife. Mm-hmm. And payback's a bitch, especially when it's on film. Yeah. <laughs> but this is not a good film. This not film at all. is so blah that I would rather watch uh, Bill Hensman's, uh Flesh Eater. Mm-hmm. No, 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 never mind. No. no, 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 no. You'd rather watch this one. This was another HBO classic because they showed the hell out of this. You couldn't watch HBO from like 82 on to about 85 without seeing a fucking trailer for Deadly Blessing. No. Yep, not oh, a good movie. Here's your movie. Oh, I know what this is. Let's see. Lynn Howard. No, fear no evil. I thought we were at evil speak. That's what it says. Oh, well, for some reason my Blu-ray skipped over. But let's talk about it both the same. Because evil speak is great. It's got Clint Howard. But Fear No Evil is the one that, if we ever got to see 
the original cut, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Well, you think they cut out a minor that. subplot from Fear No Evil? I mean, a little uh, tiny minor one? minor subplots. What? No. At least two. Well, when I say you know, minor subplot, I mean he was the fucking Antichrist, and the two main girls were the fucking angels sent to kill him. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God, no. We're going to skip over fucking night school so we can talk about evil speak, because fuck this movie. That's all I'll say about this. This is all final exam, a horrible fucking slasher. But evil speak is bizarre as hell. You got I love Clint you. Howard and Richard Mall bringing up evil pigs to kill these motherfuckers who kill a puppy. So after that, you're like, fuck them. <laughs> right, Carl? Yep. And oh, I you saw this a puppy. You go to hell. <laughs> Absolutely. And here's one thing us 80 horror fans cry. Because after Night Court, it you couldn't sell... Richard Maul is a bad guy. And how fucking great was he as the bad guy? Oh, he's wonderful. He's wonderful. I mean, he was just made evil. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Final exam's over. And your grade is an A, Carl. <laughs> Thank you. And here we are, Friday the 13th Part 2, which is the one that I think is the worst fucking film of the whole series, but the fans love it. Jesus. Nothing happens here. Only thing that's decent about this movie, well, no, I can't think of anything decent. Nope. But, yeah, I mean, from every year from, like, 80 to about 88, you would guarantee to have your ass a Friday the 13th film. They churned them out like McDonald's did hamburgers. Well, that, you, you said it's a hamburger. Uh, well, it's my um, hamburger series. franchise. We all have one. Exactly. Like, what's yours? One that you know that isn't that good, but when you just want to watch something fun that has, like, more than one film, you just go and watch (laughs) him over again, even though you've seen him. Nightmare on Elm Street, easily. Yeah. That was the 80s, the era of the hamburger franchises. Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. Halloween. At least the first Friday Thirteenth had Kevin Bacon. Right. What I loved about the first two Friday Thirteenth trailers is they would keep a fucking count, even if it means they kill somebody twice on screen. One, two, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-seven. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 
part two. We want your <laughs> money. How is it that... Okay, we'll talk about this more when part three's trailer comes up, and I'm sure it will. Okay. Oh, God. Here's yes. the movie. I'll just tell the story of me watching Doc in this movie. There's okay. this one scene in there with, uh, what's his name from Family of the Paradise? Uh, William Finley. William Finley as a bored fucking magician doing the most boring, I don't give a fuck, magic act ever. And as soon as that scene was over, I just turned to Doc and said, okay, you've seen everything good about this movie. Mm-hmm. And that will be Toby Hooper's The Fun House. Jesus, is this a uh, That's what amuses me. You talk about, oh, I don't like this one. It's a shitty slasher. I'm like, but good God, you're talking about the turds that don't stink. (laughs) And when the real smelly ones come up, Carl, you don't even acknowledge them. That's because, to be honest, I've never seen this. I've seen bits and pieces. I'll, I'll get you the way a family scene because that's the only fun part yeah, of the you movie. Did. You did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how did you like that? He was smoking a cigarette during this magic act. <laughs> I loved it. There is jizz on this film. This is but jizz on my fucking movie trailer. <laughs> But it's William Finley. He's just great. Oh, Ghost Story. People love this movie. And you know what? 99% of the people who love Ghost Story haven't read the fucking book. Mm hmm. Because well, it's, this got good, it's got good performances, but it only covers. One percent of the book. The I would only recommend way to do anyone that. who loves horror books to look up Peter Stroud's ghost story and read it. It's fucking awesome. You but the only way to do it, it. Well, yeah, I have read the book. But the only and way to do never, that. Hold on, yeah. Stephen. The only way to okay. do it, right? is to uh, do it as a miniseries. There's just too much in that book to do in a two-hour film. Yeah. You know why the book is called Ghost Story, Carl? Now, why is it called Ghost Story? Because it's a ghost story? Because every fucking idea, every fucking idea for a ghost story is too long and unwieldy as a book title. Mm-hmm. There's so many little sub-stories in this movie. And there's only one reason Greg Wasson hates this movie being brought up. Why is that? When, uh, you know the scene where he gets thrown off the building? Yep. He does it actually nude. And we get to see his helicopter wing. Spinning around oh. like a helicopter. Just blah, 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 blah. 
another shitty slasher with good music. Graduation, Graduation day. day. It's one of those where they got a local punk band that kicked ass <coughs> to yep. do the soundtrack. But the movie sucks, but you're like, who the fuck were these guys? And, <laughs> yeah, 90, really. you know, 90% of them never got a recording contract, never were seen yep. again, but their one moment on screen, they fucking rocked. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait to see your reaction to the next trailer. When Shay, this, I try, I tried being a slasher completist, but after watching too many boring fucking movies like this, I was no. Mm-hmm. Agreed. A man can only take so much. And this guy looks like a punk rock kid Creole. What the fuck? Nice. And this was another one where they're just showing all the money shots. So when you <laughs> watch the movie, you're expecting something gorier, and you don't get it. Because mm-hmm. right now is when the MPAA really started bringing out its chainsaw. And it doesn't just count for horror films either. Oh, what is this? Carl says he can't wait. Oh, my fucking God, yes. (laughs) The only movie Jaws ripoff sued out of existence. (laughs) <laughs> this is fun Oh track, I want to see isn't that it, Carl? Yeah it's beautiful With a Scottish quint mm-hmm. At least it doesn't have uh, uh, Hugo Stiglitz <laughs> <laughs> True <laughs> Great white you know what would have been cool if they had all them little tiny itty-bitty shrimp, shrimp-like fish oh. just bite people? Oh, yeah. You know, smaller than piranhas, right? And somebody's holding up a rebel flag, too. God bless the... <laughs> I don't know if this last guy was bit or he was sodomized by the shark. That's up to you guys. <laughs> James Francisco's and Vic Morrow. The terror begins March 5th, and the terror ended March 7th. <laughs> That's no joke. It was pulling. Oh, speaking of great films. <laughs> oh, God, no. Halloween 2. God, I love that fucking opening trailer scene to Halloween 2, don't you? Mm-hmm. Where the pumpkin opens up and the skull's there. Yep. And plus, it was one of our gods' first really big roles. Mm-hmm. Amazing grace, come sit on my face. 
<laughs> you can't beat Leo Rossi as a sleazy horn dog. I love Leo. We love Leo. We truly do. Oh, wait till Sunday. Okay. Before you say that. All right. Well, I know where you're going. Sawin. I love it. It's called Sawin. Because of this fucking movie, for 20 fucking years I pronounced it as Sam Hain. And it's Sawin, isn't it? I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both ways. I don't know. It's it's a fun, trashy movie. The first three Halloween films are my favorite. After that, oh, it can just go on. Yeah, unfortunately. Me, Michael Myers got blown the fuck up. And he's dead. Mm-hmm. And that, and it's just one of the best ideas the stunt can ever had. Which was to replace the door's glass with sugar glass and just let him barrel through. Right. And did you know someone almost got killed on Halloween, too? No, I didn't know that. You know the scene where the guy slips and falls on his head? Yep. They put too much blood on the floor and the guy cracked his skull. Oh, yes, you've told me this. You've told me this. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, God, no. This is the long... This is the longest, most boring slasher ever made. Happy birthday to me. Yep. Two hours and five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and they tried to make it. Better. Yeah. This is the one with Glenn Ford, right? Yeah, Glenn Floyd, uh, Watson, Melissa Sue Anderson from Little mm-hmm. House on the Prairie. Mm-hmm. This was another one the fans love. I'm like, why? Agreed. Or Daily Thompson fans, which are their own kind of fucked up. Yeah. 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 This. Imagine this, 10-year-old little Steve is in the movie theater. For four months, he has to see the fucking Hell Night trailer. And every fucking time it comes on, little 10-year-old Steve ran out of the theater like a scared little bitch. Nice. And then when I finally got to watch it, I'm like... Jesus, this is a great old school little old 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 school horror film. You yeah. take out the bit with the Quaaludes and this movie could have been made in the six fifties or sixties. Yeah. Well, if it was made in the sixties they'd just change Quaaludes with weed. Exactly. This is the only film where only any uh let's see. Maybe four people get killed, and it works. Linda Blair yeah. is good in it. Peter yeah, Parton is good. Oh. And... Agreed. 
Vincent Van Patten, God bless him. He's so good in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you shot me in the arse. <laughs> yeah, when they hired the girl, Suki, they're like, hey, <coughs> hey, she has a British accent. So what? She's got a nice ass. Okay, we'll work with it. Yeah, this movie was a decent size hit. I didn't say it was a good one, but it was a decent size hit. Enough where HBO was like, toing dollar, toing dollar, dollar, dollar. If you had a slasher film or a horror film or anything, uh, and HBO would be throwing dollars at your ass. Oh, absolutely. Oh, God. Pookie's house, house by the Cemetery. And what's the best thing about House by the Cemetery's trailer? I haven't seen the trailer, to be honest. So Brother I fucking that. Theodore going nuts. Well, Brother's fucking... Okay, I have to say something, okay? I, in the 80s, I, I was doing work at the uh, 13th Street Theater, and Brother Theodore had a midnight show on Saturdays there. And I did lights for him several times, so I got to hang out with him. Oh, boy. (laughs) What a character, to say the least. (laughs) Yeah. God bless you, Brother Theodore. Yep. And right now they're showing Inseminoid. The rapiest alien ripoff ever. Mm-hmm. The only alien ripoff with bare pussy shots. <laughs> yep. Oh, and here's one that I was shocked was 81 because I thought it was late 70s. No, it's 81. And another friend of the show who we just love, and that's the great Jeff, Jeff Lieberman. Lieberman. Absolutely. We love Jeff. Just, Just before, before Dawn. Dawn is, is a, and the reason I got confused because there's no way around it. Just Before Dawn is a 70s slasher. It's really more like... It's just like, so uh, 70s like, it hurts. Yeah, it, it, it's more like uh, uh, the Burt Reynolds film. Um, Deliverance. Deliverance. It's like Deliverance. <laughs> and what the girl does to the killer at the end of this movie has me going, God damn! <laughs> yeah. And the nice thing is, you know, that she's not a final girl. Really, she's the he he is he's the final girl, not her. The the uh, the, the way they change and George Kennedy the whole is great. Oh yeah, Kennedy's great in this too. Didn't Lieberman said he had more footage of uh, Kennedy that he didn't put into the movie? Yep. One of our best guests too, too, because it was Jeff Lieberman. Oh, I had a, I, I loved him. I love him. Great guest. And it's shocking. Like I said, it was. 
is this? Oh, Mind Uh-oh. Warp. Yes, Mind Warp. I don't know no film called Mind Warp. Do you? No, I don't know what the hell this is. Well, you see, Roger Corman put out Mind Warp, and he thought that was a boring fucking title. Okay. So James James Cameron said, why don't we just call it Galaxy of Terror? Oh. Oh, we love Galaxy of Terror. And if you're in Knoxville, this Saturday, go fucking see this movie on the big screen. Oh, I agree. I would if I could. Yep. Just damn. It's great. Sid fucking Haig. Ray fucking Walsh. killing himself. Taffy O'Connell getting the big hard worm. (laughs) Ray Walsh. And an ending that comes out of the fucking blue. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's beautiful. We love this movie. Yeah. Whatever happened to that guy? I want more films from that James Cameron. And not the motherfucker who made Avatar. If he made Avatar and it turns out to be a semi-sequel to Galaxy of Terror, I would fucking buy tickets for everyone to see it. Yeah. Of course, he didn't direct Galaxy of Terror. He just did the design. Well, he filmed the scene with the worms crawling on the arm and stuff. and Yeah, he did some of it, but then he's not... He didn't do all of it. I forget who the director yeah. was. I can check that out. Oh, and here's one of Carl's favorite films on this uh, from this year, and that would yeah. be Zoe Tamaris in another film this which. Would you consider this a horror film or not? I wouldn't. I would call no, it a fuck New York City film. Well, it's a, it's also revenge, rape revenge. And it, it's so much rape revenge. And so I wouldn't Tamerlan call it a revenge film because maybe oh, it's she a gets the revenge the same time the guy rapes her. Right. She just but, finds but no, out no, that no. she likes killing men and just starts going mm-hmm. out killing motherfuckers. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's it was considered a female death wish. Okay. Uh, only not nearly uh, uh, as. Palpable, you know, palatable, because this is a really nasty film. Well, and so can can I continue, please? Hey, hold on. So Zoe Tamerlis does this completely without one line. She plays a deaf and dumb uh, 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 worker. And so she does this without one line of dialogue. She does it all with her eyes. She does it all with her facial expressions. She is fucking amazing in this film. Seriously, if you have not seen this, you have to. And there's a wonderful Blu-ray that was put out. Fantastic and, film. And what I okay, was going to say is Ryan Garfield said that Miss 45 was a better adaption of his novel than the Bronson yeah. film was it. It's true. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Great film. Great fucking film. And certainly one of my favorites. Yeah. And all you woke cultures say, oh, they didn't do any women. Fuck you. Go see Miss 45. And here is the only blue-collar, true blue-collar slasher film ever made. Good little My film. Bloody Valentine. Good little film. Yeah, well, but don't you agree that, oh, that this is the only blue-collar one? I mean, there's no yeah. rich kids at college. they all mine workers. <laughs> right. You know, the only other possibility would be uh, Candyman, which is based on Cabrini Green. Yeah. But Kenny McCain is a slasher. Yeah. He's not a slasher. Understood. And this is a Canadian film. Yes, and nothing wrong with Canadian films. We love Canadian films. Oh, God, yeah. And in fact, if you want to know more about Canadian films, go to Connect's com and say hello yeah. to Paul Carubin who's been well, guest no on the show. There's no one else but him doing this shit which yeah. saddens me. His, the work he's done on that site and his knowledge is unbelievable. Seriously. Oh, God, another night school. Like I said, every time that you keep saying to me, Oh, God, please, this is horrible. I'm like, Carl, you've watched the good ones. That should tell you how shitty the worst of them are. Now, now this is not the night school that Jackie Kong did with the uh, with uh, the unknown comic. No, that's Night Patrol. This is Night School with Rachel Ward. It's someone that cuts off people's heads that's fucking around with her boyfriend with one of them uh, Kakuri knives. Forgive me if I mispronounced oh. it. Okay. Harry you know one of those funky okay. knives that look like you throwing knives? Right. Okay, no, I don't know this one. Don't know it. Thank, just, just say that you haven't missed out on a major part of your education. Good. I can't get through I it. They played it at TCM on Halloween. I recorded it. I tried to watch it. I made it through 20 minutes, and I'm like, click, fuck this movie, delete. So, so is it uh, worse than Red Christmas? No, it's just. Standard, boring, goreless slasher. This is one of the first films that really got hit by the MPAA. From now on, you're going to start seeing the slasher films lose the reason that people would go to the theater and see them. They would lose the blood, the gore, the nudity, you know. It's like exploitation without the exploitation. Right. 
and speak. This is not a good movie. But it gave us U.S. audiences the best Damien Thorne. And really, it introduced us to one of the most badass actors ever. Oh, and that one of the most badass Australian actors ever. And that would be an absolutely fucking right. And that would, of course, be Sam Neill. Yeah. Sam Neill was so good in his movie that you want to see more of him, which it was supposed to be originally the final conflict. And once I say that, you'll be able to tell. was originally two films, but they decided to cut it down to one. Right? Because originally it was supposed to end with a big badass God, Jesus versus the devil fight. Right. There's even scenes from it that's not in the movie like uh, Damien grabbing the cross of Jesus. Instead, most of this film, we get a bunch of goofy monks trying to stab them with a store, a knife, and them doing as good as the Three Stooges. Yeah, it, it's not a good movie. It's unfortunate, but Sam Neill's great. Get the right book. Get the novel that has the entire thing. Mm-hmm. The Prowler, another good one. Yep. AKA Rosemary. Vito, man. This is a good one. This one I agree with. Joseph fucking Zito. Yeah. Solid film. Have you ever heard the commentary to this one? No, I never have. Well, let's just say that they were getting ready to shoot a scene at a cemetery at midnight. And Tom okay. Sabini and his guys got there a little bit earlier than him. And they seen that there was an open grave. Aha. Uh-huh. So Tom got into the grave. And when Zito walked by him, Tom reached out and grabbed his ankle, and Zito freaked out. <laughs> nice. Ah! And this has some of Tom Savini's best effects. Yeah, it does. That's the only thing that makes me feel sorry for Savini is he got to do the slasher effects, did great, the zombie effects, but he never got to do any Dick Smith type effects or character work. Right. I think he would have done great. Yeah. You know, got to give him credit, though. He's, he's starting to really move into directing. And I and he's done some good stuff over the years, too. So, you know, he... Yeah. Got to give he him did some credit. some of the best episodes of Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah, and, and don't forget the remake of uh, uh, the remake Night of, of the uh, Night, Night of the Living Dead. And he also has a nice segment in one of my favorite compilation films. That would be the Cedar Bazaar. He has a new book out. Well, he has an autobiography coming out, but he has a new book out that shows his script and notes and shows about everything that was cut out from his version of Night of the Living Dead because... Uh, the Image 10 guys and Romero were squabbling. Yeah. 
unfortunate. When I say squabbling, they were fighting like dogs. Yep. Oh, and here is the best film that I ever bought Carl for Christmas. Oh, it's a wonderful film. You, you just just go get the Shop Factory DVD of Road Games right now. Just go get it or find some way to watch it. You cannot Stacey be Stacy Keach as an erudite Shakespeare quoting trucker with a dingo, and Jamie Lee Curtis as an underage thrill seeker, and Grant Page as a psycho killer. There you go. Richard Franklin called this uh, rear window from a truck. And it's yep. so good. It's really good. And it's good. funny as hell, too. That's one thing about Richard Franklin. He was able to add humor to his work. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget that because of this film, where did he go? He did Psycho 2. Which is a damn yeah. good film. But Road Games is probably the one no one's seen. It's out from Shout Factory. Just get it. Watch it. Trust me, you will love it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just waiting for your reaction to the next film. Have fun with this. Because we go from the wonderment of road games to... And we'll have to wait here for a moment. Road games. Oh, God. <laughs> hear it already, because I forget. It's coming. It's coming. Remember the date. This was this was taken from a script that Charles Beaumont had written in the sixties. Now, which movie are you talking about now? Because it's not the one... It's Saturday not the, one the 14th. Yeah, okay. You are talking about Saturday the 14th. Okay. Yeah, this script was written from that. And if you watch the movie, you can tell that it was made in the 60s because it's got the creature from the Black Lagoon. It's got vampires. It don't have nothing to do with any slasher. No, and it's a really bad comedy. This is a poor film. Well, it's got Richard Benjamin in a no, non He was never one of my favorites, actually. He's okay. There's only one film that he was truly great in, and that's Love at First Bite. And that's because he had that script and uh, George Hamilton to work off of. Exactly. This... But I'm seriously, Charles Beaumont originally wrote the script from this. In the 60s, when they peeled this off to do the Friday 13th uh, parody, they said they blew like an inch of dust off the script. Well, the script is so old, you know, it has not, yeah, it it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. I mean, couldn't you tell when you watched it back then that this film was from the 60s? Oh, yeah. It's more Abbott and Costello meets than 
Yeah, exactly. And they even did a sequel of this because, so scarily, it was a hit at the box office. Mm-hmm. I think I bought this film today. Why? Yeah. Oh. You're oh, about oh, to the experience next film. I know you bought the next shot. one. Mm-hmm. That would be Scanners. Scanners. This is another one where I would debate it being horror. I mean, the big scene, yeah. It made people shit their pants. But it's the sheer fact after a scene that fucking awesome, so fucking big, early in the film, that the film just doesn't Mm -hmm. completely fall apart is a statement to how good a fucking filmmaker Cronenberg was. Yeah, absolutely. It is. He's still with us. I mean, Good really, film. how and, many and films the, could you have seen that would have an amazing scene like this, and then the whole film would just get limp dick after that, you know? Oh, absolutely. You know, that's called blowing your wad. But, uh, and this is one of uh, the best action scenes that Cronenberg ever did. It's like there's a scene where they're, like, chasing, and you think it's going to be a car case, and then the van's doors open. It's like biomechanical birth, right, Carl? Mm-hmm. And this guns disappear out of the van. And, and I do need to at least mention that uh, the lead actor has been a guest of ours, and when he was a guest of ours, we didn't say one word about this movie because that's all that anyone wants to talk to him about. Of course, we're talking about Stephen Lack. Well, I, we did mention, and I did mention that he would have made a good movie critic because to review his own performance, and he laughed. <laughs> yeah, he did. No, I, uh, we had time yeah, we went into the talking. whole future shock thing, but Cronenberg had to add, always add his out there ideas, even you know. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And don't forget, there's Patrick McGowan. <laughs> Until the movie comes out in its uncut version, I won't watch it. No, it I agree. It's not the best gag of the movie. What it does is it shows all of the things at the first, and then in the print nowadays it goes black because the producer had his name took off of it. But originally, the producer walked out and said, because there is no nudity and not that much violence in this movie, and to get a good slasher, you got to get a rated R, fuck you. Thank you. Let's get back to the movie. <laughs> uh, by the way, this do you know who this was written by? Who? Mickey Rose. Mickey Rose actually... Worked with Woody Allen on Take the Money and Run. And they I were co writers. Yeah. I mean, this isn't. This is a movie where the ideas are better than the movie then, itself. And Yeah, than the execution. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> 
Like years ago, this is one of the best grads. My mother always told me, also told me that sex was bad and dirty, but only with my father. Everyone else, it was all right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, and killing someone with an eraser. What'd she die from? Chalk dust poisoning. <laughs> There's enough good jokes in this to make it worth watching, but it has enough good jokes to make you wish it was a better movie. But unfortunately, it was sense. cut to shit. But it was what? cut to shit, too. It was yeah. cut to shit. I mean, so you're right about I'd like to see an uncut version of this. Coming from Paramount, another Paramount film. I think we're pretty much close to the end of 81, and then we'll be calling it a night. Oh, this is another movie I wish was better than it was. I mean, how much of a hard-on did you get when you read Oliver Reed, Klaus Kinski, Venom? Oh, are you kidding? Absolutely. And then the movie is not as insane as it could have been. It's a good little yeah. movie, but we wanted Klaus Kinski and Oliver Reed fucking tearing each other apart. What 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 we needed is to have this movie directed by uh, uh, Werner Herzog. Holy shit, Tom Noonan! Yeah. Are we at the last film? Yeah. Holy shit, Tom yep. Noonan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, Albert Finney. Holy shit, Wolfen. One of my favorite films of that year and, and one of my favorite genre films. I yeah. love this movie. And don't forget, Pachuco. Holy yeah, shit, Pachuco. This movie really shows that they did not know how to sell this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. See, that movie just, the movie just fucking said it for me. I said they didn't know how to fucking sell this movie, and guess what came up? There is no defense. <laughs> yep. And we went through the first disc, 80 and 81. The second disc won't be as easy, but yeah. But, 80, but, by the way, we should. But, but, but wait, 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 wait. We didn't even say what the title of that movie was. What, Wolfen? Wolfen. Yeah. We didn't say that. We need to tell people that it was Wolfen we were talking about. Okay. I'm yeah. done. Wolfen has a bigger cult than you would think it is. It's one of those that needs to be rediscovered, a.k.a. put out in a good edition. Oh, man, let me tell you something. I jump up and down telling people to watch this movie all the fucking time. I love this film. And it's the only other film that Michael Wadley ever directed, and he didn't exactly direct Woodstock, but nonetheless, the only other he movie he ever directed. No. But yeah, Wolfen is so goddamn unique that a lot of people were pissed off about the ending, which isn't how you would expect a monster movie to end. No, You're not waiting at all. for the big fight, and it's finally, hey man, cut that shit out. Well, you cut that shit out too. 
Okay, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a parlay. Yeah. It's a parlay. Okay. You know, you know the what the other thing too is if you're a New Yorker and you want to see what New York was like in 1981. What they show the South Bronx, that was that was exactly how it was. I mean, you talk about New York in the eighties. You want to see how bad it was? Watch Wolfen. You know Seriously. what Cisco uh, said in his review? What? Of uh, Fort Apache, the Bronx. He said, "If you want to watch a good movie, watch Fort Apache, the Bronx." But if you want to see how really Fort the Bronx is, watch Wolfen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. This movie, sadly, it flopped at the box office. I know. I think most of the films that we loved on from 80 and 81 flopped at the box office, most. Well, I tell you what, I was at the theater for Wolfen. I saw that. Yeah. And 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 I can remember that people were shaking their heads. They didn't get it. And I was just jumping up and down. I love that movie. Fucking love that movie. And it goes with the book too. Yeah. And as you said, it's called fucking Noonan. Albert fucking yeah. Noonan. But you and that really no, they didn't even show that. They just showed the picture of Tom Noonan is like we're looking for this man. And then, yeah, Wolfen. What the yep. fuck? <laughs> it's proof Warner Brothers did not know what the fuck they had. No, they didn't. Well, look how long it took for Wolfen to really start to get a cult. It, it took a number of years. It wasn't until well into the 90s. Yeah. And that would be late 90s. So when I first broached this idea to you, like, oh, God, this is going to suck. The 80s suck. So far, 80 and 81 have been better than you remembered, hasn't it? Yes, they have. But then there's 83, 82, 83, and 84, so God help us all. Well, no. There's 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89. I know, but on this, it only goes to 84. Yeah, I know, because that's why I was going to get you that. I'll get you to the other picture so you can have the other ones. For me, they picked a pretty decent selection and didn't go for some of the usual suspects. No, I agree. I I actually think, looking at this stuff, they got some good stuff here. Okay, before we go, I want to fry your mind. On the opening of the scanner's trailer, it says, Welcome to the... Outmost edge of future shock. Tell our audience what was future shock. Uh, that was a book by Alvin Torfler, and it was basically like this is where we're headed if we keep going the way we go. Of course, if you read the book now, he's basically wrong, but that's okay. He said right that it. we would become oversaturated. By media, video, electronic devices, basically Future Shock is Brian Oblivion. Yeah. 
Yep, and we're, we're, yeah. we'll be coming up on that film, too, here relatively soon. And I got a story yeah. about that film. And honestly, yeah, this has been a pretty good two years. I mean, there's so much good that we've seen. But there's a lot of crap, too. But then the crap that they didn't mention is crap that's not worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. So there and you go. And we're going to go through the rest of this. And like I said, that really shows how much oversaturation and how easy the product was to see that out of all the trailers, only five or six Carl didn't know of or hasn't seen. Right. But that's back in the day where Carl's like, I got a day off. What am I going to do? It's fucking raining. Oh, three hits for $2. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. And thank you for being on. And it's six days before Carl's pod. We're, we're going to watch a bad movie. Of course, we always do. That's how we started, and that's why we started tradition. But it's mm-hmm. been six days since you started your podcasting career, period. Right. So what are we what doing this? Are we doing time? this next? Hold, hold on. you got to tell what? me now. What are we doing this? Because I thought we were going to do this, uh, well, not Thanksgiving Day. We're doing this next Sunday? This coming Sunday. This this coming Sunday at 8 o'clock, right? 7. 7. Okay, I, I'll, I'll get that set up. All right? Yeah, remember Disney Hour is always on Sunday. Right, that's true. I keep forgetting that. But, yeah. All right. Well, listen, thank yeah. you much for having me on. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, too, because I probably wouldn't be able to do it as good as it was if it wasn't for there. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And the ones that problem. we love, go see them. Road Games, The Changeling, The Howling, uh, Scanners. Though Wolfen. I'm pretty much preaching to the choir, I hope. If you're listening to our oh, show. Absolutely. And I got some bad news. It's not going to be Steve's video store on Sunday. What's it going to be? Carl's video store. Oh, cool. Well, thank you. It's your thank you so much. Yeah. And again, good night, everybody. And watch more movies, damn it. Absolutely. Good night.